Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Bastards of Boston Baseball. We want to welcome in any new listeners who are joining us for the very first time. We're happy to have you on board. For those of you who have been here from the start, you already know the drill. We live and die by this team just like the rest of you, and we make no apologies for that. I'm your host, Jason Kelly, coming to you from Canton, Massachusetts. If you want to find us on Twitter, you can find our account at Bastards underscore Boston. Joining me tonight on the show from Reading, Pennsylvania, is Micah Storms. Micah, how are we doing? I'm doing great, Jason. I went out for trivia tonight with some friends, and we surprisingly won. I actually got a couple questions right. Usually I'm like the the guy who doesn't provide any support to the team, but tonight, for whatever reason, uh, I knew some of the the answers. So I'm feeling good about myself tonight for, for a change about trivia. So I'm doing good. Nice. Yeah, it sounds like you're like me then. It's, you know, unless it's a sports question, just get someone else to answer. <laughs> yep, sports or uh, maybe a, a Star Wars question here or there. But uh, other than that, I'm just there for the beer. Yep, I hear you. Yep. Also with us tonight from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, by way of Windham, Maine, it's Terry Cushman. How's it going, Terry? Not too bad. This... Um you know, this round of podcasts is going to be the last round for my, uh, my age thirties decade. (laughs) So I'm 40 on Saturday, but I do, I think act like the youngest, um, you know, with my patty cake wars on Twitter. And usually I bounce all my bad ideas, you know, by you guys. And if I get a, oof. You know, then I'm like, "Eh, okay, maybe stay off of that one. (laughs) But yeah, so anyway, but uh, it's just kind of a weird thought. I I didn't think I would ever be 40, ever. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm still six and a half years away from that. So I'm uh, I'm gonna ride that one out as long as I can. But yeah, happy early birthday. That'll be that'll be cool. Thanks. My my the the weird thing though is my responsibilities haven't changed though since I was twenty one, you know pay my rent or or now my mortgage on time, and you know be relatively on time to work as I like to call it, and you know be nice to my girlfriend and my dogs, you know that's it. That's, those are my that's all I those that's all that's on my plate in life, you know. So yeah. hey, sometimes that's all it takes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Works it works for you, so there you go. Um so yeah, a little bit of a different show for you guys tonight because obviously uh this was the all-star break. Uh no Red Sox baseball for the last couple of games. Um, you know, obviously had a pretty entertaining home run derby Monday night. I would say a less than entertaining actual all-star game on Tuesday night. I don't know how much of that you guys could bear to watch, but uh the all-star game for me is like I, I tune in first couple of innings to see the actual stars. And then once they start bringing in backups from Colorado and Pittsburgh and stuff, I'm like, okay, I'm out. I'm not watching this. <laughs> so it was a little bit rough, but uh, the Red Sox will be back this weekend. So we'll be getting to that on another show a little bit later, but we're going to do something a little different. Um, we're going to have an ask the bastards episode. So many of you probably saw, we uh, put up a little tweet a couple of days ago saying, Ask us whatever you want about sports, about our personal lives, about, you know, celebrities, news, whatever you want. You could ask us anything. 
we'll have a little bit of sort of a mailbag episode for you guys. We'll answer some of those questions and uh, you know, just kind of let loose a little bit. You know, again, no no Red Sox games to cover, so why not, right? Do something a little, di- a little bit different. So let's dive into some of those. Um, we're going to start out with one of my favorites that we got. Um, this is from Ahan Rungta. And again, I apologize if I just butchered your name, I, but it's at Ahan Rungta. And he actually asked us four questions in one tweet, uh, which was pretty impressive. Um, and I'll just list them off and you guys can tackle as many or as little of them as you want. If you want to take all four, go nuts. If you want to just pick one that really uh, you think that uh, people should know about, go for that one. So Ahang Rungta sent us one, why do you attempt to talk about baseball? Pretty amusing. Two, what are your hobbies other than trying to talk baseball? Three, what career path led you to think you can talk baseball? And four, do you know any ball? So uh, I think Ahan is uh, not too confident in our knowledge of baseball as a whole, which is sad to hear because I, I think that we're we're pretty damn good at what we do. But Micah, I'll let you go first. Um, go nuts. It's a loaded question, um, but personally, I don't really think I have the uh, the ability to just talk about baseball to you know a mass audience. Uh, my brother, uh, him and I always talked baseball, and it got to the point where um, I would send him like 10 or 15 straight messages about baseball, and then he wouldn't respond. And he's like, just put it on Twitter so I don't have to deal with it as much. And then I started doing that, and next thing you know, people started responding. So, I mean, I really don't really expect people to necessarily interact with me as much as they do. Um, in terms of my background, uh, I played baseball my entire life. I played high school. I played in college. Um, it was a small D3 school, so I'm not going to act like I'm a, a D1 star that was close to the big leagues. I was far from that. But, um, yeah, I just love baseball. That is my hobby. Um, I kind of eat, sleep, and breathe baseball. Um, if I was good enough, I would have loved to have played professional baseball, but that was not in the cards for me. So um, that's why I talk about it. I don't really care if people listen to me. I just, it's kind of like my outlet for, if I don't do it on, if I don't talk about baseball on Twitter, I think my fiance would kill me because um, (laughs) I think I would drive her nuts if I uh, ran all my ideas about the Red Sox and about the league uh, by her. I think she would, she would go crazy. So that's why I uh, am on Twitter and why I love talking baseball. Terry, how about you? Okay, so Mr. Runta is a card-carrying member of the Bluminati, so that's why that's why he's uh, you know jabbing us a little bit, but we'll we'll play along. Um, baseball is wasn't my first sport, but it's my favorite sport and has been for the last probably decade and a half to where it's like an every night thing. You know, I have to watch it and. Um, I was uh, during much of the 2004 playoffs. I, that was, uh, you know, the part of my life where I was a corrections officer and I was actually watching the playoff games with inmates <laughs> of all people. And it, it you know, it was kind of obviously jail is a weird atmosphere, even, you know, working in one <laughs> and, but you know, the, you always, 
we wore brown uniforms. They wore orange uniforms, you know, so there's the brown versus the orange, but we were all like on the same team, you know, during the games. So it was just kind of, I can't explain it, but, but anyway, so, um, you know, it, it, you know, baseball, I, I feel kind of nerdy, but I think Micah was essentially articulating that, you know, baseball is kind of our life in a way or a huge part of it. So, you know, that's, uh, that's why we talk about it. Uh, as far as hobbies, uh, I, I've said this on the show before I've tweeted about it. Um, I'm one of the better cribbage players in the country. The ACC is the big governing body that that regulates that game and i'm a 10-time winner you know on that on that circuit um so pretty well if i could play as many tournaments as some of the other players you know i i I would probably have a lot more wins (laughs) but you know working full-time i can only play so much um and then let's see what led us to what career path led you to think uh, we could talk about baseball? Well, no career path at all. Um, I was actually a daily caller on my Portland main radio station. Uh, it's the Big Jab. I don't get along with a few of the hosts. I get along great with a couple other of the hosts. Uh, but that's kind of how ba- talking baseball in front of an audience started for me, and and then why not start our podcast? And, um, since he's jabbing us so much, I did kind of get into this in another show. Um, we just tied our all time record, uh, in downloads over a 30 day period, which is 35,000. And the last time we did that was October of 2021. Uh, when we went deep into the playoffs, uh, very unexpectedly, and um, so now we're a last place team, and we're we're probably going to eclipse that that all time record. So, um, so yeah, it's it's working out really well for us, despite our haters. And uh, he he says, "Do you know any ball?" <laughs> I would like to think the data speaks for itself. So. Numbers don't lie. Yeah, that's certainly true. Yeah, um, I guess for me, why do I attempt to talk about baseball? Because it was the first sport that I fell in love with as a kid. Um, First sport I ever really started watching and paying attention to. Um, Oddly enough, it was like that and then hockey right away. I really got into those uh, pretty early on. So, And I grew up in a very sports-heavy household. Um, You know, my mother, like every night, seven o'clock it was red Sox. like even if they were going to get blown out 14 nothing we were going to watch um and that that applied to all four major boston sports teams as well so uh that was a big part of it in terms of hobbies outside of this um not probably not a shock but i'm a huge gamer um that's another reason i got into sports is that i started watching them then i started buying sports video games i still remember my first ever baseball video game I bought was for the personal computer high heat baseball 98, which I don't know if anyone else has ever played that, but that was one of the best baseball games ever made. I think they only made them like for a couple of years. And then it was like the console game started taking over. So um, that was short lived, but high heat baseball is my jam. I, I used to 
build just championship teams on that thing year after year. So really liked it. Career path that led to it, none. I was a philosophy major who works in tech. So, I mean, that's no, no career path whatsoever. I just was big on, you know, Twitter scrolling through one day and I saw Terry posting that they were looking for a podcast post. And I was like, hmm, yeah, why not? I like baseball. I could do that. I'll give it a shot. Here we are. Um, and do I know any ball? Yeah, a little bit, but again, I think I, I know at least enough to be able to, you know, be on one of the more successful podcasts out there. So I'll take it. So that will do it for Ahan. Thanks for sending that in. Can't wait for your next four-parter, whenever that comes. Um, question two comes from Big Scoops, who his at thing is like all numbers and, and weird letters, so I'm not even going to try to read that out, but it's Big Scoops on Twitter, who asks, who do you hate in the Boston sports media world? And he sort of throws in anecdotally that for him, it's Jared Carabas and uh, I know our buddy Tyler Milliken, he also mentioned you, sorry, you know, but, uh, Terry, I'll start with you. Who do you hate or it, if, if not hate, but who do you very much dislike in Boston sports media? Well, I, I don't hate any of them. Um, Pete Abraham blocked me. <laughs> um, so I, I don't like Pete very much. I don't think he would be a fun guy to have a beer with. Um, I think he comes across very pompous. Um, some people might say that about me, though. So, But I just... There's just something about him I just... I don't really like. And um, as far as why he blocked me, he was... Um, there was a female journalist that was covering... I don't know if it was a game or event, but he thanked her for working with him uh, that night. And very sarcastically, I tweeted under, he said, thank you for your help, actually, is what he said. And then sarcastically, I tweeted under that. I said, it takes a big man to admit he needs help. <laughs> That's all I said. And he blocked me. So, um is what it is, but uh, I I guess I got to go with Pete Abe. Ica, how about you? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say I really hate anyone, but one name does come to mind that I, um, over time, have kind of um, lost interest in, and that's Dan Shaughnessy. Um, ironically, I grew up reading his, his sports uh, column, and I, I really enjoyed his writing as a kid and as a teenager. Um, and I was a fan, so it's kind of weird to put him in that category. But I feel like over the years, um, I feel like he's still stuck in his ways and he's like not willing to see change or potential change. Um, and I just think baseball is a game that needs change. And I, as much as, as critical as I am of Rob Manfred, um, I, I do like some of the changes that he's made. Um, and I just see Shaughnessy as someone who's been extremely negative over the last couple of years. And maybe he's not a high bloom believer and that's fine. You don't have to be, but it just, the negativity, it just, it's constant. And for me, that's just not something I'm really into. I, I don't want to, you know, live in a, a, a negative world. And uh, so when I watch the Red Sox and when I read about the Red Sox, I'm not reading constant negativity. So for me, it's Shaughnessy, but again, I, I still respect him in terms of what he what he was as a writer in, in my eyes because he was definitely someone who I read 
daily for, for a very long time. Yeah, Shaughnessy, to his credit, uh, and I understand why he's your answer, he might be the only guy who still gets a paycheck from John Henry who's willing to criticize the team in this town. So I kind of have always respected him for that. I think for me, and again, I, I agree with what you, I don't hate anyone in Boston sports media. It's probably Pete Abraham, and it's probably just because I, I really don't like anyone in Boston media or any sort of any town media that acts condescending towards everyone else who disagrees with something that they write or tweet or whatever. Like, I don't know. It's it, Pete Abe strike. Like he's one of those guys just, he'll tweet something, you know, and someone on Twitter will reply, well, I, I don't think that's going to happen. And he'll just like lambaste them on Twitter for like the next three hours. It's like, Pete, don't you have better things to be doing? Like you're, you're a grown ass man. Like you have a full-time job. Like, I don't know. I just, and I, I sort of saw some of that too with like the draft this past week. Like all the people, it's like, oh, Sox nailed the draft. They nailed the draft. Perfect draft. Couldn't couldn't be better. And someone will go, well, are we sure? Because there's questions about Kyle Teal. Like, no, you're wrong. He's gonna be perfect, idiot. He's gonna he's gonna be perfect. And it's like, I just hate that. I hate the like, I'm you know I know everything and you don't. So like, shut up, kind of thing. It's and that's very much what Pete Abraham to me like embodies it's just that like that know-it-all snootiness like look down on other people kind of thing it's like i don't know p dave's gotten plenty of wrong in his career so he, he has no place to be doing that so i think for me it's it's abraham just real quick i mean some people like to say that i'm a carabas wannabe and I, I think the reason that gets said is because i'm a podcaster and so is he and he, he's been around a lot longer a lot bigger but, um, you know, I, I couldn't be any more opposite, you know, from Carabas. Like, I'm on, we're on polar ends of the spectrum. And so I, I just don't think, like, for me to be like Carabas, I would have to fake it hardcore. And I'm just, uh, that's not what I am. And then some people will say I'm a Dan Shaughnessy wannabe. And I kind of take that as a compliment. <laughs> like, I'm like, well, I, you know, Dan resonates with me most of the time. And, and stuff, but the, my one sports idol in terms of journalists is is a guy you guys probably haven't even heard of. Uh, do you know who Larry Merchant is? I know the name, but I that's about it. I've heard the name in passing, but yeah, that's about it. So he was uh, an analyst for HBO Boxing, and he worked alongside Jim Lampley and. Um, usually the, they would try to have a fighter or a trainer provide the color commentary, you know, like the Jerry Remy, so to speak. Um, and, and over the years, that was George Foreman, Roy Jones, uh, Emmanuel Stewart um, would, would do it. But, but uh, Larry Merchant was always a realist and not af afraid to criticize. So in my late teens and early 20s, that resonated with me. And he was different and that's really who I kind of model myself after. And he's been retired now for probably at least a decade. And I think he's, he might be like literally 90 years old. He's still alive. And I've seen some recent interviews with him, but his, you know, his way with words and ability to articulate a story. I just, I always respected that. So, 
So I don't know. So journalists are interesting because when you're content creators like we are, you know, you always, I, I always see how they, you know, deliver their thoughts and, and stuff. And I just, I always find that component interesting. And I don't think your average, um, I don't know what to call it, consumer of, you know, co- you know, baseball content. I don't know that they really pick up on those things like we do. Yeah. Well, and at least in Boston, we can be thankful that the Boston Globe still has a sports section, unlike the uh, New York Times these days. So, you know what? It, we can complain about them and we can disagree with them, but at least we still have it. So I'll take that for sure. All right. So moving on, um, our next question comes from Gabrielle Blanchard, who's a dedicated follower of ours. We appreciate that. Her question is, if you could create a Red Sox team from any Red Sox players, past or present, who would you pick for your team? So if you want to go position by position, if you want to highlight a few, whatever, however you guys want to do it, Micah, I'll start with you. I'll go position by position, but I'm going to mainly focus on um, Red Sox players that I've seen play and, and really spent a lot of time watching. So that's pretty much from like the early 2000s on. Um, left field, I'm going Manny. I think he's one of the best right-handed hitters that I've ever seen. Um, center field, I'm going to go Jacoby Ellsbury. Um, right field, Mookie Betts. That's a that's a no brainer. Uh, third base, Rafael Devers. Um, shortstop, I'm going to go Nomar. Nomar is the reason why I'm a Red Sox fan. Uh, even though I'm a huge Xander Bogarts guy, Nomar could just do things on the baseball field that I feel like you can't even explain. So, Nomar absolutely at shortstop. Second base, Pedroia. That's a slam dunk. At first base, I'm going to go Kevin Euclid. Um, I just loved Euclid. Um, and I feel like he is a um, super under, under – um, what's the word I'm looking for? Underappreciated player. I mean, he had some five, six-win seasons. So Euclid is going to be my first baseman. Catcher, Veritek, just the captain, so how can you not? And then obviously DH is Ortiz. Um, and then my starting pitcher, only one, but it's going to be Pedro. If you pick anyone else other than Pedro, I don't even know what to say. I can't even start an argument with you. So it's Pedro and no one else. I like it. Terry, what do we got? Oh, I was still looking up some stats. Um, fun fact, if you look up Johnny Damon on baseball reference, he's wearing a Royals hat. I thought that was hilarious. Um, just checking Jacoby's uh, postseason numbers. Yeah, man. All right. So left field, I'm also going Manny Ramirez because super clutch in some some big moments. Probably my favorite one was the the walk off in the Angels series in uh, 2007. It was just a really majestic way to end the game. Um, so I, I I'll go with I'll go with Manny. In center field, I it's a it, it's so close. It's Ellsbury or Damon, and their numbers are so similar. Are just so similar. I thought I was gonna go Ellsbury, but I'm going Damon. I'm going Damon. He crushed that ball in Game Seven of the um, 2004 ALCS. So that was the final game against the Yankees. I think their starting pitcher might have been Kevin Brown. 
But he hit a, I think it was a grand slam early in the game and just essentially put them away. And uh, he's not going to steal as many bags as Ellsbury. They have the same noodle arm. Like, there's, they're literally almost the same, except for the base stealing. But I just, something about me just has to go with Johnny Damon. So he's my center fielder, right fielder. I hate Mookie Betts. He was a complete no-show in the postseason. I shouldn't say I hate Mookie Betts, but I'm not a Mookie guy. Um, but you still got to go with Mookie. He did gun down, uh, I forget his name, uh, Kemp. The Is it Tony Kemp? Yeah, he was trying to leg out a double, would have got himself in the scoring position. Mookie, laser beam throw, guns him down. That was late in what ended up being the final game of the series uh, that ended with that Benintendi catch. Um, but yeah, Jason, your keyboard. My bad. That's okay. Um, so that's my outfield. Uh, infield, I'll do the easy ones first. Nomar, definitely shortstop. Xander wasn't a big October guy. I'm taking Nomar there. There's no Dustin Pedroia hater on the crew bigger than me, but he still would be my second baseman. Um, I mean, we didn't have a ton of great second basemen. We had Mark Bellhorn in 04, and then you had Ian Kinsler in 2018, who probably cost us that 18-inning game. But... um, so, yeah, um, I'm taking Pedroia. First base is uh, kind of tough. I mean, you got Millar, you got Napoli. Uh, Steve Pierce won the World Series MVP. Um, but I got to go with Kevin Millar. He, he drew the walk that led to the Dave Roberts stealing second. And then nobody talks about Bill Miller who actually drove Dave Roberts in, <laughs> gets no glory whatsoever, but yeah. And uh, Mike Lowell would be my uh, third baseman, 2007 World Series MVP. I'm taking Jason Veritek at catcher. It's not, I mean, he wasn't like super robust in the in the postseason, but man, he could handle a pitching staff. He could absolutely handle a pitching staff. They trusted him, and there's no other guy I'd want behind the plate. And my starting pitcher, this is going to be a very unpopular answer. <laughs> um, but, man, Kurt Schilling was like, what, 11-2 and two lifetime in the postseason? I'm taking Schilling. And the bloody sock game was heroic. And I get it. He's a complete clown show when he talks about politics. Fair and accurate. He got fired from ESPN, but man, I just, I, he's a guy I trust and he might never go to Cooperstown, but his bloody sock is an exhibit in Cooperstown. So the sock went, um, and, uh, so he's my pitcher and obviously Poppy, you know, (laughs) that's my team. Not bad. Not bad. So I got a little turned around. That's why, and I apologize, I forgot to hit my mute button. I had to look something up because I thought I was going to be able to put Teddy Ballgame <clears throat> into my lineup as part of my team. But turns out he was a left fielder his whole career, and I don't know if I can put him over Manny. 
I thought he was more right field than than left field, but no, he was primarily left field. And if he was a right fielder, audio Mookie, like right, uh, yeah, get get the hell out, Mookie. You know, <laughs> yeah, like him, Yaz, Rice, they're all left field. So I'm like, it's either those guys or it's Manny. And I'm sorry, Manny Ramirez is the best right-handed hitter I've ever seen. So I'm putting Manny in left center field. I'm with you guys. It's Jacoby. Um, you know, short lived, I know, but he, he was that one year, he was just dominant and if it weren't for injuries, uh, could have been something really special. So I will go Ellsbury over Damon for that one. It's a close call. I also was considering Coco Chris, but he just was never the hitter. He wanted him to be very fun to watch good glove, but was never a great hitter. So I'm putting Ellsbury in center begrudgingly. I'm putting Mookie Betts in right. I just I can't go like Trot Nixon over Mookie. As much as we all love Trot, it's like I'm not going Nixon. I'm certainly not going JD Drew, who people in this town now suddenly love, which I, I find that narrative amusing that suddenly JD Drew wasn't a waste of time. He was. Um sneaky, I always loved Darren Bragg. Darren Bragg was one of the first Red Sox players I really had an affinity for because he was a great outfielder. But I'll go Mookie and right. Around the diamond, I'm actually going Adrian Beltre at third. Um, I'm picking him over Lowell. I'm picking him over Devers because I think Red Sox history could have really changed if they had brought him back instead of letting him go to Texas. Those years he was with the Rangers solidified his Hall of Fame candidacy. I mean, he he pretty much put himself in the Hall with those years. He was dominant after that. So I always wanted the Red Sox to keep him. So I put him at third. I put Nomar at short. You know, Nomar was the man. Just you can't, you know. I loved Xander Bogarts, but if we're talking just pure talent, who would you rather have in their prime? It's Nomar. Like, you'd be silly not to say that. Um, second base, I am also going Pedroia. Um, I'm not necessarily a Pedroia hater. I, I really liked him early in his career. Later in his career, he got on my nerves a little bit, um, you know, especially with the whole – Machado, that whole thing. I, I don't think he had the little leader stuff that he was trying to do. The Bobby Valentine year, he did not make things any easier. He made them worse. So that kind of run me the wrong way, but I think he's still the best second baseman the Red Sox have ever had. First base, I'm going to cheat a little bit because this guy never actually played a game for the Red Sox, but he was drafted by them, and he was in their system until they traded him away. I'm going Anthony Rizzo. And I'm not <laughs> trading him away in that stupid trade. I'm keeping him. I'm giving him the Tristan Casas treatment of, you know, future of the team. You're not going anywhere. You're untouchable. You're our first baseman of the future. Um, it always killed me watching him with the Cubs. And it's like, that's the guy you gave up. Oh, like, yikes. So I'm going Rizzo at first. I'm going a catcher with Carlton Fisk. And admittedly, I did not watch... Fisk play that much. Um, I, you know, I grew up in the Veritech era. I do love Jason Veritech, but again, I'm going just, you know, who do you want to win with? And for me, it was like Fisk is a Hall of Famer. Veritech won't be. So I'm going Carlton Fisk there, and I'm not letting him walk to Chicago. I'm signing him and I'm keeping him, unlike what they did. And then obviously, DH, it's David Ortiz. No brainer there. He's favorite Red Sox of all time. For pitching, um, 
I mean, Pedro's the obvious choice, but if I were to build sort of a mini, like a playoff rotation, I would go Pedro, Lester, Schilling, Derek Lowe, just for all time. Like if I'm going into the playoffs rolling four starters, those are the four guys I'm giving the ball to. So that's my team. And if I want, if I'm going to throw in closer, Koji. Koji in his prime would definitely be my closer over Papelbon, Kimbrell, any of those guys, uh, even Keith Folk, like Koji's my guy. So, so yep. fun fact on Koji, 2013 ALCS, I think it was three one-run leads against the Tigers, and he held every single one of them. Just absolutely unreal. And uh, I've I've changed my mind on one thing. I'm I'm DFAing Mookie Betts from my all-time team, and I'm going with Shane Victorino. <laughs> Couple of epic. I think he had like a grand slam. I get him mixed up. One was a three-run home run. The other was a grand slam in the Tiger series, and then in the in the World Series. Um, super clutch. Had a great arm. You know, just about as good as Mookie Betts uh, in that regard. Give me Victorino. I'll take the flying Hawaiian over uh, Mookie. That's a good call. I think he also actually enjoyed being here, unlike Mookie. Yeah. So that was that was a bonus to Still comes back. He was in the booth earlier this season um, oh. with, with the Nesson guys. So, yeah, he still comes back. So, yeah, it's a good call. I like Victorino as well. So with that, we'll move on to our last one here. Um, kind of a different one, not not sports related, but just kind of a fun one. This is from uh, another loyal listener of, of ours, uh, Kayla. She goes by Mama KK on Twitter. And her question is, if you had to choose, would you rather pay $250,000 to go explore the ocean or to go explore space? Terry, I'll start with you. I'm not escaping claustrophobia here, um, but I'd rather be something that's in the air than than underwater. Um, so I'll I'll take space for sure. And uh, I'm even though I'm like Mister Conspiracy Theory, uh, I'm not a flat earther. So I, it would be fascinating uh, to go up there, especially like I don't know what the modern stuff are. I know the SpaceX thing, and I know Elon's done some stuff but man to be like floating around like whatever the aircraft is like you used to see with the astronauts just unreal and i i just feel like if something goes wrong you have a shot you have a shot to live to tell the story underwater i don't think so and uh yeah micah which one are you going with i was going to add this information when you uh, with the first question about other hobbies, um, but I figured I would save it for this question. Um, I am a huge shark fan, and I cannot get enough of watching shark documentaries. Shark Week is next week, so I'm like ready to go. Um, so like all afternoon, I'll watch Shark Week, and then when the Red Sox play at night, I'll watch the Red Sox, and then I'll probably go to bed. Or before I go to bed, I will watch a shark documentary. But I think I've seen every single one on... Um, Discovery Plus and National Geographic. I just can't get enough of it. I'm fascinated with sharks. Um, so if there is a safe way to get me underwater and you guarantee that a shark will not eat me, if there's some type of uh, contraption you can put me in, 
Um, I would love to be underwater with a shark. Um, would I do it? No, because I don't think I would want to test if the device I'm in can withstand a, a shark bite. Um, but I love sharks, so I would definitely choose the ocean. This was a tough one, but the way I weighed it was how many times have we heard about something catastrophic happening with astronauts dying as opposed to someone dying in the, the ocean for some reason or another? The ocean claims people every day. Space doesn't. So I'm going with space. I'm not. The ocean scares me way more than space does. And I get it. The whole like. If you're up there and you get stuck, it's dark and it's lonely. And, you know, if you step out of your aircraft, you're going to suffocate right away, blah, blah, blah. I'll still take that chance. The ocean, there are things that can eat you. Um, the ocean itself with the pressure and, you know, waves and all that can kill you. Um, there's And I just, I don't really need to see what's under there. I'll, I'll look up a video on YouTube in like 4K and be like, oh, that's what the bottom of the ocean looks like. Cool. Okay. All set. Thank you. I'm, I'm going to go back and sit on the beach away from sharks and, uh, you know, jellyfish and, and, and all that stuff. Like, I'm, I'm good. You know, space, like, I don't know. I feel like that's different if you see it in person. So I'm going with space. I just feel like it's much more, it's safer in a way, which sounds weird because it is the great unknown, but it's way safer than the ocean. The ocean will kick your ass if you're not careful. So <laughs> I'm all set. Uh, give me space any day. Real quick, I just want to say that Kayla Mama KK on Twitter, uh, she's like basically my Twitter BFF. So, um, yeah, one of my favorite people. Yeah, yeah, she's she's great at interacting with us and, and other Red Sox fans on there. So, thanks for sending that in, Kayla. And uh, with that, we're gonna call it a night here for this Ask the Bastards uh, episode. Don't get to do it very often, but, you know, All-Star Break gave us that opportunity, so we took it, and I think we had a lot of fun. So it's a good show, and uh, we'll be back with you guys to preview the Cubs series. Finally, we're getting some real Red Sox baseball back in our lives this weekend. So take a look for our series preview episode coming up, and uh, we'll see you guys there. Take care. <laughs>